You're listening to LinkRod, a discussion about the intersection of life and technology. Episode one. Um, I'm Tim Claptor, and I have a red beard. <laughs> I'm Ben Atkinson, and I have a brown beard. I'm Adam Webster, and I have no beard, except for that that one month. Oh, that was amazing, though. Yeah. That was the best beard you ever had. A day after the Apple event, where they announced the iPhone 7, um, AirPods, <laughs> Lots of the cranky people. Watch 2, and basically a bunch of upgrades to all the operating systems. So, the question is, I've got, is just how boring is the iPhone? So there's a, a lot in the kind of tech press. Daring Fireball is probably a good collection of it, but you know, basically saying how boring Apple is and that they're not really innovating, innovating, not really doing anything exciting. But how true is that? And why are we expecting them to innovate all the time? So, Steve um, Jobs. <laughs> that, well, Steve Jobs is a creative one, and the guy, what's the guy now? Tim Cook. Tim. Tim Cook. He's pretty vanilla, isn't he? Well, I think his background's like logistics. So it's He's a very supply safe. chain. So. <laughs> yeah, so you're not going to get anything too crazy from him. Um, what, what I think is... Okay, so with your iPhone, and, I, and I, I'm an iPhone user. I'm also a Samsung user, so I'm, I'll do both. But iPhones, uh, they are, they're predictable and safe. I think that's why... I don't know. I, I'm assuming your mum uses an iPhone. Yep. Your mum, my dad. Your dad uses yeah. an iPhone. Who's not tech at all? No. Uh, my mum and dad both aren't. My dad's pretty techy, and my mum's okay. But both of them use iPhones because they're not tech people. They're easy to use. Mm. It, it, if you can pick up an iPod from or an iPod from five years ago, it'll work the same as an iPhone now, almost in terms of mm. using your, your settings, using your your mail, using you know internet access. It's all the same. So yeah. you, you get some consistency there. Whereas I suppose with an Android service you don't have consistency and that's not because if you were having the same version you will but there's so many different versions that are released and there's also so many things you can do to it because it's open source it's not it's not closed down like an apple software but i kind of wonder like getting to the heart of this how much innovation can actually happen with a phone i mean basically what we're talking about is a black rectangle and i don't know like Samsung's big new thing was there's a curve on one side. That was that was their big innovation. Um, Apple's big innovation this time was we took out a hole. What? <laughs> they took out the headphone jack. Oh, they did. They took out a hole. <laughs> <laughs> so then, then you change, and then people fear change, though. So it's but the, I suppose the double-edged sword. I'm kind of just wondering, like, why why do we have this expectation that like every Apple product or every every year when Apple does a launch that there's going to be this thing that changes the the planet. But do, do any other companies have that kind of expectation? Probably not. Not too many. It's probably. I think we're at a point where we're, or well, not iPhones, but set smartphones in general are plateaued. In that, when we went from a three to a, you know, the, if you look at from the three to the four, there was a big difference because it was a bigger size phone. Mm-hmm. The phone completely changed shape. Um, the the hardware inside it was a massively different. Um, but you had the same thing when com- computers, you know, 15 years ago when they were sort of newer, going from one to the other was a huge difference. Whereas now, there's not heaps they can do. Like, really, other than new apps, which yeah. aren't the phone's responsibility, the apps are the responsibility of the developers out there who are making them. There's not a great deal you can do with an app because they, you know, they do your maps, they do all your, your, they run our lives. 
essentially they run our lives mm. they, you know everyone gets but what about like that there was that phase in the 90s or no like the early 2000s of innovation in mobile phones where they weren't like just all bricks there were like all these weird shells. shapes there was the what was it like the Nokia N-Gage which was like a console yeah, game yeah. but it was yeah, still that was a phone sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? no games on it but it's still no, cool. no, no. <laughs> I, I had this one that was about the size of an iPhone now it was, it was a Nokia and it had the full it had the, the, the screen in the middle and then the keys yeah. on either side that was cool so what but what I don't know there was a whole heap of continuous kind of evolution there of an experimentation in different shapes but basically have we just plateaued into everyone doing the same which is essentially a black rectangle with a button on it and, and that's some controllers doing on the side. Pretty much, really. The the iPhone came out, then the, all the other smartphones are kind of trying Followed to it. follow. Yeah. Mm. But I, I we're we're running to a situation where you, you watch some sci-fi movies, really dodgy old '80s ones, and they you know they have a phone sort of communication device, and a hologram pops out the top of it, and you talk to the hologram. Like yeah. that's that's sort of the next iteration of it, really. Like other than that. You go. You've got picture on picture messaging. You've got you know video talking. It's not a great deal of place to move. So I think criticising Apple for not doing wholesale changes when the options aren't necessarily there. Like you can't just go and do a crazy change that no one's going to embrace. And the beauty of I suppose the beauty of the touch screen is that it's ultimately could be anything because it responds to your yeah. touch regardless of where it is. So technically, you can still have a game controller yeah. on running on your screen. It's just that there's no physical buttons anymore, but the, the phone itself can morph so that you can have replicate that exactly the same Nokia thing where the screen that shows the game or whatever you're doing in the middle, yep. on the left-hand side is your thumb controller, on your right-hand side are four, five, six buttons, however you want to configure it. Yeah. And you can do that. And I suppose the, the beauty of the phone for me was always that it's just the phone. There's no peripherals. You don't have to bring a mouse and a keyboard and anything else. You can just get stuff done. Yeah. So I don't, I, part of me thinks, I don't know if there is a point where, yeah, the, how much more reductionist can you get with the phone? Like, basically, a, if Apple's going the way it's doing, like with induction charging and all those kinds of things, basically we'll have a phone without any holes there won't need to be a hole you assume so <laughs> it'll be able to charge by placing it on a charging yeah. dock um, bluetooth headphones all bluetooth the way. everything so basically is, is that the kind of where we're heading with phones is no holes no interface everything's done through the air I think we're starting to head that way now even before the, the phone mm. change with the, the no holes with your bluetooth headphones I think have you got a bluetooth headset yet yeah Yeah. yeah. so all three of us here have got bluetooth headphones yeah. so sort of progressing towards that anyway. And I suppose, that, to me, that's why I think the I AirPod thing... Like I, the what? The AirPods, which are basically the wireless earbuds yeah. that Apple yeah, have launched. Yeah. I, I don't know. To me, it's like, well, that's not new. It's not even barely innovative. There, there's been about 100 Kickstarters that have been offering this thing in the last year. But now Apple have done it, though. It's new to everyone. Both, but, and, yeah. both and all Beats and all that have been op- offering Bluetooth headsets for how long, how knows long. Yeah. Um, but, so, you know, even that's not an innovation. The Watch 2 is, well, we've got a new screen, and now instead of doing gold, we do ceramic. Um, what was the other iPhone? The colours was, oh, we've oh, got this yeah, new jet black thing, yeah. but basically it means you have to put it in a case because otherwise you'll scratch it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> 
So there wasn't, I mean, there, there really wasn't anything innovative. Like, I mean, it was all, yes, it was all evolutionary in the sense of chips getting faster, screens getting better, cameras getting better. But beyond that, there wasn't much else. Yeah. Was there or no, just, Was there anything hidden in there that people thought? No, you know, I haven't really, other than reading the stuff before they got released, like there was all the, the, the rumours yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. I read a lot of the rumours stuff. And it was, and I have read a few articles today about people a bit cranky that they've gone away from that. Um, they've changed the headphone jack. I, I suppose yeah. because you've got to change, you then got to change your headphones. Not, obviously not everyone, but some people have to So that, this is kind of interesting for me because I was a Mac person when... Apple ditched the floppy drive and people got the shits and it was kind of crazy and then I was still an Apple guy when Apple decided to ditch the optical drive and people got the shits and I kind of both times I'm like but they're redundant like you do know we don't need that anymore you know the the, the floppy disk held 1.4 megs <laughs> like why would I need that like at that point in time we would I was using like zip disks which had 100 megs um, you know and then the, the optical thing was well I'm I don't need I don't I don't play discs on my computer I don't need anything if I want to download if I want to get something I just download it I don't copy it off a disc anymore um, well I remember when I got my um, my Mac that didn't have a disc drive either like the that's in the DVD drive and it was oh, how am I going to deal with this this yeah, is kind it was of crazy annoying. it was like this is oh, this is stupid they're so stupid why are they doing this and you talk to these you know the anti Mac people and yeah. they'll oh they you know it's just stupid they're putting themselves in a hole and all this no one's going to follow that and then you know a year later it's the norm yes <laughs> how often do you see I think, a disc drive I, I now think, I think in terms of innovation I guess part of the kind of I suppose the, the definition for me is that it's a, it's not just about in, invention of something new it's about change yeah. so I suppose if in the sense that now that Apple have ditched the headphone jack we're moving away from the changes away from analog yeah. audio basically like I don't know I mean I, I don't actually I used to have this massive collection of cables in my house like every kind of adapter and I still do <laughs> thing that yeah. you could possibly dream of but the reality is I don't have any of that anymore because everything connects wirelessly with each other like in the car it's all bluetooth at home it's all bluetooth now or via the wi-fi connection or something yeah. like that there's so little need for wires so is that kind of the premise that apples we, we've gone past we've you know basically said goodbye to floppy disks we've said goodbye to optical disks are we saying goodbye to wires is this apple's first kind of hint at the wireless world i think you know then the next is is with a computer for instance not having a, ca a cable at all imagine that no, elect i don't know how they do electrics without a cable this but, is my dream. But <laughs> I hate cables. Eventually, you, you will. You'll have a computer that somehow gets power wirelessly and it doesn't have any cables. But yeah, I reckon it's at the end of, of cables. Mm. They're, they're just irritating, really. Um, you got a massive cabling behind the desk all the time. Oh, it's just. Well, I, I think that was like I got, I got my first kind of Mac was an iMac, and basically it had one cable coming out of it, which was the power cord. Yeah. And then there was a USB port at the front. You connected your keyboard to that, and then you plugged in your mouse to the keyboard yeah so basically you had two plugs and that's all you needed that's to all you work needed for it. but you compared that with the equivalent pc and you had your pc which needed power there was cables going to the monitor cables going to the mouse, keyboard cables keyboard. going to the mouse speakers. speakers were completely separate so yeah i i i've been anti-cable since getting that mac going this is so easy i remember i did a video project at uni and 
it, it, the, the video was too big to transport. Like, it didn't fit on a zip disk, even. It was gigs. <laughs> I didn't fit on a zip disk. <laughs> but, so, Everything fits on a zip disk. Uh, basically, it was due the next day, and being a typical uni student, I didn't finish it till literally the, the hours before it was due. And then I had no recourse. I didn't know how to actually get this from home to uni to show. So I picked up my whole computer. <laughs> Under the arm? <laughs> and Well, no, it had a built-in handle. Yeah. <laughs> and I stuck the, the mouse and the keyboard in my back back and off we went to uni and so my presentation was via my my mac sitting on a little stool and i got away with it but i suppose so ever since then it's kind of been like if i had to do that with my pc i probably would have lost half the cables it would have taken half an hour to pack it up another half an hour to actually set it back up whereas this was literally plug and play plug power in usb in we're ready to go but yeah, no, I, I think that's the innovation is, is that we'll, go, we'll have no holes in our phone. The other, the other thing with iPhone, have they ever really... Okay, so they... With the iPod, which is what, you know, they were, I don't know if they were on the verge of collapse, but bef- before the iPod became really popular, there wasn't mm. much Apple stuff around. Um, it sort of lost its flair, I suppose. I think that was... Was that when Jobs wasn't they, around you know, or something? I, 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 the iMacs had come out. And the, the MacBook, ones had, the clamshell yeah, yeah. MacBooks had come. So then they then they they did the i the iPod, which wasn't a new idea. The 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 MP3 player had been around yeah. for a long time. They just made it cool. You know, mm. they made it. It was it was all the white ones. Yeah, it was all white and. There's nothing really innovative about it. It was just, it looked cool and people liked it. The headphones were cool. They had the white headphones, um, which I still prefer iPhone headphones to most headphones because they're comfortable. Think, but I think the thing with the iPod though is what the innovation was iTunes. And all of a sudden, all your music, it's not, yeah. you don't have to kind of have these crazy folder structures and name everything correctly in order to play it and copy yeah. around. Like iTunes basically set up music management. And I mean, I was, I bought the first, first generation iPod. Like that. I, I did. I had the, the I did. 10 gig first gen. Cost you a million dollars. Well, but at the same time, I'd actually made the shift. I'd ripped all my, di- all my CDs and all my music at that point. To, onto, onto my Mac and because iTunes did it and it was easy and it worked and I could just get I had all my music so I bought into that whole thing of literally being able to take your music everywhere with you yeah. I thought that was just awesome because I was into music eclectic music tastes radio yep. doesn't ever play anything that I want to listen to so yeah. that was that's been out since day one so all of a sudden I could literally take every CD that I owned around in my pocket I could buy into whatever Kool-Aid Steve Jobs was selling at that point <laughs> you say that I'm, I'm in here's my money let's go but I, okay but I suppose just out of curiosity what was the last bit of tech that actually made you excited do you know what the, the most exciting day I've ever, I'll say ever had on a tech point of view was the day my iPhone 3 turned up in the mail. And I remember it because I was at work, I was working in a hospital and I got home and, and I said, has anything come? And Ashley's like, no, no. And I, I was expecting it that day or a couple of days before it. I was very, very pumped. And she pretended it wasn't there. And then she's like, here it is. I was, it was like Christmas. I was over the moon. So, <laughs> But that was my first introduction to a smartphone. Before that, it was all Motorola's with tiny screens, yeah. you know, no, no you know, touch screens or anything like that. Um, so that was probably the most exciting I've ever been. Um, but, but then after that, it's every new phone you get it's a little bit of excitement. But no, it's, it's just, okay, what can this do now? Mm. Um, but 
Well, either way, if you use an iPhone or, or, or a Samsung or a HTC or whatever, they're all pretty similar. They really are. Like, I think Apple definitely pushed the envelope when it comes to doing things, and they generally do things first. And they might get, you know, hissed at to start with, but I guarantee in, in, in another year's time when they release the Samsung Note, Eight, hopefully it won't catch on fire but it won't have a port in it they'll do the same thing it won't take them long they'll mm. do the same thing well I think and I think it just I mean all that stuff makes sense because it's we live in this consumerist society they, there's a what you want to do is have a, a a death to most of your products you want them to be deprecated you want them to fail um, you, you want them to be replaced. Forever. Yeah, if you if you live forever, yeah. if everyone got to use the analog headphones and forever, just then as, you know, just as good. No one would buy new ones, which yeah. you know, that's what everyone wants. What about you, Adam? What was the last bit of tech that actually made you excited? I used to be a big Apple iPad, oh, sorry, iPod fanboy, and when it went from black and white to color, yep. I think I don't know if it was the the Nano. Was there was the fo- there was the photo? Oh, the the iPod, iPod photo. photo. Yeah, it might have been that actually. What was yeah. That? Was the I think I thought that was the first color. Oh, was it? So it was the old school. Like it was the yeah. same as an iPod, but it actually had a color screen, and you could copy your photos onto it. Yeah. Okay. I think my mum had one. I just had the Nano as well. And cool. then you could play video on it. Yeah. That, that was the next step. Mm. I think some of them had games, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, it was Snake in colour? Oh. I think that, and it was the touch scroll rather than the button yeah, scroll. Yeah, you had the brrr, it made yeah. that funny noise. Yeah. I'm going to call this, this is completely off topic, the best mobile phone game ever is Nokia Snakes. <laughs> you said Snakes, yeah, I couldn't yeah. help it. That's all I have to say on that matter. <laughs> best. Is that the 30, best mobile phone 32 game? 3210? <laughs> yep. All of them, was it? Oh, it was pretty it much was all the same yeah. game. Yeah. On every single one, yeah. No, they did upgrade it to Snakes 2, which was... Yeah, and that was mind blowing too. It's like a mobile phone with a game built in. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. This is pre-app days. <laughs> but then, yeah, then that that was that's what obviously made all this made essentially Apple jump again was the app the ability to put apps on there. Before that, it was all those real dodgy. You know, you go on a website and have dodgy ads where it's like two dollars for this game, and it was just shifty ads. You'd never know what you're gonna get. Um, so that was the app store's always been amazing yeah. but it's amazing I'm trying to think of when I've actually been excited I don't know I can't really I think when I was a kid and getting a game system was probably the most excited <sighs> I've been oh that's the ultimate excitement for me but back in those days snares yeah snares with the, we had the snares yeah. with the scope oh best thing ever <laughs> But I remember I got the SNES on release date in Australia, and as a oh, money bags know, over here, <laughs> as a twelve-year-old kid, I think that was the, the yeah. pinnacle. Yeah, because I, I mean I don't I don't class myself as a fanboy. I mean like I'll I'll admit to owning most Apple products at some stage um, since two thousand, but. At the same time, I've never queued in line for anything. Um, I've usually skipped multiple generations to say, no, I'll wait till you actually work out yeah. how to do this properly first. So I, so I kind of, I, I approach technology in a very cynical way. I don't know if I actually get excited by it. Sometimes I can see that there's an opportunity. I think the iPad for me was kind of interesting because... I'd seen the Microsoft Courier demo that they'd done, which was basically a dual-screen tablet. 
So it was like a book. You open it up and there was a screen on each side. Never even seen that. And it was, the, this was going to be the new big thing for Microsoft and then they never brought it to market. The iPad beat came out about a year after that. Oh. And Microsoft never, like there was a lot of buzz. And I, I think this has always been my kind of criticism of Microsoft. Their R&D department comes out with some phenomenal things, but they hardly ever follow through. follow through and ever come out. So I think the iPad was kind of, like it was groundbreaking for me because I thought here's a real interesting bit of technology. This actually allows you to read, write. Um, you know, the phone has always kind of constrained you a lot. So I suppose there was excitement in the potential of it, but I don't know if the actual technology excited me itself. But I don't. I was never that pumped about the. They're, they're, they're cool. iPads are cool, but they never really excited me. The, the, the Surface that excited me. Surface yeah. was great. Okay. I don't know if you ever used one. I know Adam has. Yeah. Um, one of the I'm best. I'm a fan piece, of both. Oh, one of the yeah. best pieces of technology I reckon I've ever owned was was a, was a Samsung. Yeah, look, if anyone's got a spare two grand, they want to send me. I'm really keen to try one of those. The Surface Book. Um, as an alternative, like the only problem for me is, it's about the same price as a MacBook Pro. They're they are they're not they're not cheap. Yeah. But they're, so they're more than if I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose the Apple one if it's yeah. coming out of my money. But if anyone wanted to buy me one, have you used a Pro, an Apple Pro? For, no, the iPad Pro. Oh, the iPad Pro, not the Apple Pro. The iPad Pro. No. What are they? Twelve inches wow. or something? <laughs> no, but it's also well. I mean, I, I I think my love affair of iPads kind of died fairly quickly at the same time because I, I don't know. I just the phone became ultimately more portable, more usable. That's right. You're on the couch, and oh, I'm happy using my phone rather yeah, than. Yeah, it's like up I don't iPad. really want to go and get another screen yep. that's yeah. slightly bigger. Mm. I, I can deal with that compromise. Oh, and even then, I I, I, sw- I downgraded to an iPad mini, and I actually think if I want an iPad, that's the one I would want. I see that as pointless. It's just a big phone. Uh, yeah. Not really, but... But yeah, well, yeah. Oh, look, and I kind of agree. I don't... I think the iPad's kind of superfluous. Yeah, moment. I agree. And I think... I don't know. For, part of me thinks the next thing is, and, and maybe this is where Apple's kind of headed as well, is that they've changed their chip architecture to run at 64-bit. Um, so that's like proper operating system yeah. level potential. If you actually look at the MacBook, it's the new one that came out. The actual computer in that is about half the size of your Samsung phone there, Adam. The, the computer is literally it's that. It's the Mate 3 we're looking and at. The, and the rest of it is battery. Yeah. So the, the, the footprint for a computer now is so tiny. I'm kind of waiting for maybe, and this is goes back maybe to the wireless thing of your, your phone is literally your computer. Yeah. And you just cool. literally sit it next to a display and wirelessly transmit into the display or via a charging port. God forbid, I need an actual wire. <laughs> that, that, that's why I like the, that's why I like the, um, the service pro so much is because it was on iPad and uh, desktop in one go. Yeah. All I did was had a little quick thing and I had a, a keyboard. Like it would run all the apps I wanted, all the, not apps, yeah. programs. So it made having it a tablet and a laptop. So I think I, think I got burnt from the Surface because I bought a, or as part of the kind of work I was doing was uh, the Surface RT. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that would Which rubbish. was like the pretend, yeah. no, that would pretend Windows. And they felt, <laughs> they're like the, they sort of like when you use a Samsung, well, not, maybe not Samsung, but a different brand of an Android based tablet. They just yeah. feel junky when mm. you, and, I don't know, it's really, it's different. iPad it's different, always has that good touch. Yeah, it yeah. feels so smooth. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it just, you go from page to page or whatever. whatever. I just found it, that, yeah, they, they felt a bit cheap and junky. Even if you were looking at the, the, the Samsung, the big one, mm. the expensive one, it still felt 
yeah, nothing like as smooth and as clean as the iPad. So I'm now an Android phone user, but I still go back to the iPad if I want to use a tablet. Like it just, as you said, it feels good. The, the touch on the screen and the most people I talk to though who are Android users still use an iPad. Mm. Might use a an Android. And, and I don't know if that's if Android's tainted a bit because every second brand has an Android operating system because it's an open source. Mm. So there's lots of junky brands that make tablets, whereas the iPad, iOS. Is it iOS? iOS is the only one that's on. Yeah. Pad, pad, iPad. I think, and also, I mean, like, it's just a different kind of product structure as well. I mean, most of the Android tablets I've played with are cheap. And yeah. they feel cheap, and yep. they usually die. I don't. I think everyone I've had access to has died at some point, or our Nexus Seven yeah, died. Nexus, yeah. yeah, the Nexus Sevens. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I got that to try, <laughs> try a smaller tablet, and I don't know. It just felt weird using that, and I went back to the iPad. Mm. What are they? Are they seven inches or something? I don't even know if they're still around. Yeah, well, <laughs> to they're, be they're pretty small, but yeah, no, I did didn't like those either. They're just yeah, the. Um, Build. The dimensions of the it. The build quality, like the one I had, like the, like you could click it in the case, the glass, if you pressed it in a certain spot. It wasn't a good introduction to Android for me, and that's why I got it, because I was an Apple person for iPods, um, iPhone. Mm. I thought, I need an Android product, and I got the Nexus 7. Because you got to the 4, didn't you? Were you the 4 or 5 in the iPhones? 5. Okay, so you got the five. Yeah, I got up to the five. It was a good run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did the three and the four, and then I went S3, S4, no, three. And then I went back to the iPhone, and now my phone's six plus. So I like the big phones. See, I couldn't go back now. You don't reckon? No. No, I like that. I got sick of iTunes uh, having to plug in to transfer songs. I just liked just shoving folders over and... Yeah, it is. It is a lot easier in, in things, but I, I mean, I, I subscribe to music anyway, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. It's all wherever. So the last question I had on this was just: should te- should tech make you excited, or are our lives just that sad? <laughs> well, just need something, David. I am going to get back. I mean, I, I think for me, the thing that excites me is the potential of some of this stuff to do things with. And I think that's always been my kind of. Why Apple kind of interests me because that's that's what they've they've always sold that aspect of the Mac. Not yeah. check out these tech specs. It's got X amount of RAM. It's got a chip that goes like this, and it does this, and it's got a fan that's bigger than any other fan. And no one understands <laughs> any of that. And then and the thing is, it's like that's nice, and that's how PC guys have kind of decided to sell their product. But Apple have always said, no, no, no. It's about you creating stuff, you making things, you sharing photos, you doing stuff. And I think that's always kind of. You know, that's what I get excited about is what is the potential to do things. I mean, like the reality of of the smartphone was take a photo and send it around the world instantly. Like that's that's kind of cool. That that is kind of game changing. Yeah. I think for me recently it's been the whole do video chats where regardless of where you are in the world. Yeah. As long as you're willing to to talk around time zones and things, you can literally join in real time with other people anywhere. And you you don't have to kind of go, oh, hang on, I've got to go into my special lounge room, which is where all the wires live, yeah. <laughs> to connect. I can literally do it from the car or in an airport it's or like wherever. It's 2000. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, can't, I, always find, I do find it sad reading through, like, these rumours sites, though, because people seem completely consumed with what is the next big thing, what's Samsung going to release, what's yeah. Apple going to release. 
And I wonder if that is a bit of a sad indictment of the world where those things seem to matter to a hell of a lot of people rather uh, is than... Is that just human nature, though, always... Wanting grass to know is, what the next is. The grass is always yeah. greener, kind of, or...? We kind of live in a... For- we, in particular, our age group, are, are in a, a pretty fortunate position where we've seen what it was like before smartphones. If you, if you talk to, I don't know, someone who's 10 or 12, mm. or you know, maybe even 15... How old am I? Yeah, maybe even 15. They they may not know what life is like, but they wouldn't, probably wouldn't, because they were only five years old when the first iPhone came mm. out. So they don't know what it's like. So, yeah, it may be less exciting. It's just standard for them. Yeah, they've had smartphones their whole lives. We've had, them, we've had these little tiny crappy phones with when you send a text message, you'd have to press the... You wanted to type C, you'd have to press button two, three times mm. just to write a C. So <laughs> we've sort of been fortunate that we've, we've got to see this progression. So... It may be getting boring, but, but well, we've seen some pretty cool stuff evolve, mm. I think. But, I don't know, the expectation is what, what's next. Uh, yeah. That's what, I, don't, I wonder if it's a, some of it's a little bit about what's the motivation for tech. At the moment, I think too much of it's the focus is on making a profit for someone else. And that kind of tarnishes yeah. tech as a, something to get excited about because it's like, yay, Apple gets to make another billion dollars a day or whatever it is and, rip off and not and not pay tax Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that the other day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, to me, that kind of taints people that get genuinely excited about tech. It's like, yeah. well, what, you, what are you buying into? The, the profit motivations of these companies that seem to have no ethics. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's just a situation we're in I suppose hmm. not much we can do about it but you might be right it's all about making an extra dollar I don't think I get excited too much about tech now my excitement's starting to wane <laughs> I'm a techie sort of guy so I still, oh, I I still I'm still interested I see something you sent me something oh there was a thing with a but nothing's <laughs> blowing me away that's yeah. what I'm trying to get it's not that I'm not I love tech but there's just that nothing to really get excited about. Like, there's new updates with the PlayStation and the Xbox, but still there's nothing driving me to run out and get another one. Yeah. There's nothing driving me to get another phone. I've got a phone. I've got the Note 3. The Note 7's out now. Catching fire. <laughs> You've said that twice now. I'm going to say all day. <laughs> but there's nothing driving me. Like, my phone is good enough. I think the photos are good enough and the video is good enough, but... Uh, there's just nothing grabbing me. I think, and, that, and I suppose this is kind of the, the thing with like the VR thing going on as well. Is you know it's not that revolutionary. No. I mean, instead of watching a TV, you strap the TV to your face yes. and it same kind of moves around. The '90s VR though, like they tried it in the '90s and it failed, but now they're bringing in the same thing back: the headsets. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's kind of, and it's also kind of so limited. I mean, it's not like they've fundamentally changed the architecture of games to the really like all you're doing is still looking at stuff yeah like there's not that whole i mean you know like the the vr from sign from sci-fi has you know like you 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 plug in you feel things you smell things you taste things you know like we're not even there yet like we're talking about just literally strapping a tv to your face yeah that's that's as deep as this is gonna go mobile phone isn't it nowadays with the vr that yeah yeah the gear vr yeah Yeah. i agree i think it's pretty and so I, can't, I mean, and that's—I don't know—that seems to be the big thing now. It's like, oh, VR is coming. It's like, well, I, I can't get excited about it because it's, it's I, VR. I mean, well, it's just TV. It's like it's yeah. all you're doing is moving games, moving TV into something else. It's not really reality, though, is it? No. 
not even virtual. Virtual it's, 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 reality. It's not though. Like reality is, you know, feel, taste, smell. That's reality. Yes. The virtual bit just makes it means it's you know digital or whatever. And I think we. I mean, I don't know. Like literally, you can put. Get, get a pair of $2 glasses and put red cellophane on them and you've altered your reality if it's just a visual thing. But even then, it's probably more real because it's, you can feel things. It's just everything looks red it's now. smell. <laughs> I'm worried about the motion sickness part of it. <laughs> Am I turning into an old man now? Yes. <laughs> I don't know, Billy. <laughs> yeah, I think you're getting a bit old-fashioned. All right, so we've done mobile to death. So did, I don't know, did we answer the question, how boring is the iPhone? Um, uh, you could say boring or you could say safe. 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 And I think that's the market it attracts. It attracts people who want a safe service. It's safe for Apple as well, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to hmm. burn down buildings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is. It's, 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 they're, not, they're not risking much because they know that you know, eight million people will buy this, or what? Eight million, obviously, a very small amount. But you know, a billion people will buy this because it's got that on the back of it. I'm showing the Apple symbol. Uh, it's got the Apple symbol on the back of it, and that's it. That's all you need to sell. That's all you need to sell. It's it's a they, they, sell, they sell a culture more than they sell a product. Yeah. In my opinion. The cult of Apple. Yes. The Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, they drank the Kool Aid. <laughs> so. Do we want to go on to the other? I'm interested in this. Right. I so like I pulled this out because this is kind of just, just quickly, something quickly. that I'm kind of interested in is this idea of digital death. So what does dying look like today? And I I don't know. I mean, I've put in a couple of articles in here, but I suppose the idea was just, you know, what happens when we die in, in our – we kind of have this – ritual of going through our estates and the photos and the physical things but the digital thing is kind of a little bit different like we don't seem to have a a ritual associated with dying in a digital form and I've I, there's a few articles kind of floating around about you know what happens when you die and what happens to your Facebook account and it's always my first go-to what's gonna happen to my Facebook account <laughs> well, Facebook's the big one because if you think about Twitter right if you if you die and your Twitter just stops tweeting. Yeah. But what, I mean, but the other thing is, like, what happens to your, your tweets? I mean, like, you, I get, yes, we can kind of say that, that you know, Twitter has a limited way, form of expression at 140 characters. But at the same time, people do say it's really... It's not pro- enough. <laughs> silly, do say really profound things on Twitter. And things that are probably worth archiving, probably worth saving... For later date, not everyone is doing this. There's so, that's there's so much more than isn't. <laughs> but uh, for someone, have that, you seen what I tweet? <laughs> <laughs> for someone that tweets a lot, maybe there, maybe that that's a consideration. But and what what does happen? Like, yes, your your account stops tweeting, but what actually happens to all your tweets? Like, did, did Twitter basically delete them? No, because they're taking up server space. No, they'd be in a database somewhere forever. Oh, what happens when Twitter gets sold? It gets sold. Well, is is okay. So, is so it you, archived on Google or? I don't know. I don't know. Well, either. it might be archived on Google. Well, I, don't, I mean, I personally, um, I've I recently just set up a thing. Um, Martin Weller from the UK set up this little kind of. Uh, I think it's like a Jekyll-based little system. Do you system. follow him on Twitter? Yeah. Shout out to Marty. <laughs> but um, uh, basically, he's, he's <laughs> built this little... the show notes later. <laughs> he's built a... Uh, so what you do is you go into t- your Twitter account, you can actually download your archive. Okay. And so what he's done is you... 
do that. You, then you, you go into GitHub and you create a new repository. You upload your, um, yeah, you upload your little archive. archive, which is basically like a little mini website of every tweet that you've got that you can actually search for. And then what Martin's done is write a little Google script that actually plugs in to the Twitter API and plugs into GitHub API. So every time you tweet, the new one goes into your archive. Oh, wow. And so you've got a personal Storage GitHub repository of every tweet that you've made. And it's kind of like, that makes more sense to me. You, now I have ownership of my tweets. Yeah, okay. But then again, what so happens I... to my GitHub account? It's taken by the Git. It needs to be another button where you send it to a printer, either prints it as a book and then you give it to your children. <laughs> These are daddy's tweets <laughs> in all their glory. I'm pretty sure he's drunk on this day. Yeah. But I, I mean, there's, a, there's some really kind of interesting stuff. I mean, there's, um, I think I've put in here, yeah, a link to Eric Meyer. And Eric, uh, his, I think his daughter had leukemia and, so yeah. she, and she actually passed away. And Eric put a, this this uh, post, I, the inadvertent algorithmic cruelty. And Eric wrote this because Facebook had just introduced this memories feature, which kind of goes through your timeline of all the great things that happened to you that year. And obviously, Eric, in that part of like the final year of his daughter's life, had posted a lot of pictures of her, posted lots of things of her smiling face. And then while going through this grieving process that she'd actually passed away He's google like, brings bam. up the memories of and and it's decided that these things are happy things to be reminded of and that people want to be reminded of this thing and it, i i suppose that you know like there's this idea that how can we actually get away f- from death and grief properly when the algorithms are surprise <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, because this is this is one case, but I'm sure it's happened to other people where, you know, someone's died and Facebook's decided that's a happy memory, yeah, <laughs> and reminded you of that. Um, you know, because does it I, just have to be a photo, or can it, it be? Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, at the moment, like uh, looking at my timeline, Facebook is just promoting photos at the t- at the moment, and and at the same time, like I mean, my my life is is not tarnished by someone dying and the photos that I do usually are of my daughter and so I, I quite like getting these little yeah, pops yeah. but you know I don't know what the algorithm is that Google's using that Facebook's using here and you know it could quite easily be promoting you know some really horrible reminders for families for, for families um, how hard is it to kill off well, I shouldn't say kill off how hard is it to get rid of a Facebook account well, the re- I mean, the reality is that Facebook doesn't delete you. No, no, no. Even if you can, your account never deletes it. It just... It just marks you. Yeah. Well, it does. It just... It literally, there's like a field in the database and it just says, instead of show, you it's get hard. set to yeah. false and, yep. and to hide. And so it doesn't actually delete you out of the database. Um, I, can, I, although can, I, can you explicitly ask to have... I think you can. I think you. There is like a. I think now Facebook have implemented a thing where you can do it, and then you have to you have to wait six months, and you can't log back in because that automatically reactivates your account. And if you're dead, (laughs) but then well, but you haven't. I suppose if you're dead though, you haven't actually shut down your account. That's true. So it just considers you a standard user that just hasn't logged in for a while. So it's probably sending your spouse. Emails if they've got access to your email and your account, friends saying, your "Oh, birthday. you haven't logged into Facebook for a while." Here's a friendly reminder. <laughs> oh God! 
you get the birthday ones. It's like because oh, I got a couple of friends and you know relatives and stuff on there who have just deceased, have died, and you get the birthday message when it's their birthday. Yeah, and that's sad. So, well, some of them are left up intentionally, so you put a put a little message yeah. on there. You're missing your champ or whatever, you know that sort of stuff. So, um, I think some cases the family wanted up there and they want that access to those continual things. So, and and they did like they. I think they. One, what really good mate of mine passed away a few years ago, and he's. I think his sister got into his Facebook, and they changed it, I suppose, so that they could access it, so they mm. could still keep it up because they didn't want to get rid of it, I suppose. Um, it's like a memorial in the end. It kind yeah. of is, yeah, yeah, it is. It and is. I suppose that I mean that's a normal cultural thing. Like that's what we've we've had that. You know, we're never you know you see flowers by yeah. the side of the road all the time. You know, yeah. And so I suppose you know. I'm kind of, I am kind of curious about about that because I mean that's probably not a going a, along with Facebook's terms and conditions. Taking over someone else's account yeah, well, probably I, yeah. violates the terms and conditions. Name on the DL, I guess. No, no, but I'm just. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm just pointing out, I suppose, is that we don't have these kind of functions built in yet into our technology no, in a digital it's, sense. No, it's too... Well, how long has Facebook been around for? What, six years, eight years, ten years, something like that? Well, 2006, wouldn't it have been? There you go, ten years. So Six, seven, yeah. We'll have to watch the movie back to find out. Um, <laughs> damn Winklevoss. Damn Winklevoss. Best part of the movie. Oh, that's a, yeah, and anyway. the soundtrack for me. Anyway. Big guys. Um, I lost my train of thoughts. Uh, yeah, well, so it, it's a new yeah. it's a new technology. So we, we, it it does take time getting used to these things. It's probably the same thing when, um, and this obviously going back long well before we were around, like motor vehicle accidents before they were common. It was probably, well, how do we, you know, they died there. How do we? So let someone put flowers by the side of the road. Mm. Well, that's a good idea. People <laughs> started doing that, and now it's a thing. Yeah. So I, I suppose in you know fifteen years time or whatever, we'll have an answer to mm. the best way to. But celebrate the actual yeah. death of someone online. But what about your, your data? I mean, the idea that I kind of liked was almost that you could literally set like a death date for data. Yeah. So that here's my files, and by default, they're going to survive for five years. Yeah. And then they're just automatically going to get deleted uh, or just lost. They, they're gone now yep. unless I specifically kind of archive them and put them into some kind of archive process. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, that, that idea of that data living forever or, have, you know, how, how can we kind of set that up so that that actually that, that works? Because so, at the moment, all that data is, like, timeless. Like, Facebook don't delete you. They no. just keep you there forever. Even though technically your account's gone, and your no data's going to live up. there. And and if Facebook sell or yeah. do whatever, then all that data is getting handed over as an asset. That That's a lot got. of data. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. They have, you know, they have contacts, both mobile. Not everyone has mobile. I don't think I've got my mobile on there, but a lot of people have their mobile on there, their, their, mm. their you know, email address, their age, all th- that. That data is worth well, lots and lots of money. I don't know. This is just, that just reminded me of this um, article that was out this week, but um, this psychiatrist started getting, her patients started getting recommended to be friends with each other. Oh. And... She was kind of digging into how how could that happen, and she's she's been she herself is really careful about privacy issues. So she's never given Facebook her mobile number or any of those kind of details. Um, 
but she, you know her, her clients were getting recommended to be friends. It's yeah. like you should know each other. But yeah. why should we know each other? Oh, you just should. So some reporters kind of were digging around and saying, okay, well, how could this happen? And, and one of their kind of suggestions was that, well, these patients have her mobile number as their doctor in their phone, in their contacts list. And at some point, they've given Facebook access to their contacts list. And so Facebook's gone, oh, well, you're, you've got this person in your, your contacts list and you've got this person in your contacts list. You should know each other. And technically, they might even verify that with location data to say, hang on, you frequent the same Some kinds place. of places. This must be a pub. <laughs> you should know each other. You, you, know, you know this third party, this you know six degrees of separation thing. So you know this other person and you frequent the same place. You should hook up sometime. Um, <laughs> what if I... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, oh, that's, this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll go there. Get that hook in it. <laughs> but I suppose, I mean, that's the scary side of, like, that, what that data is and how much, it, how much it's worth and what potentially can be yeah. used for. And the fact is we don't get to control that. Facebook decide how our data is getting used. But we can stop them from accessing our phone, can't we? Our contacts, because doesn't it ask you, do you, I suppose it probably won't install if you don't accept it, because with Android, I think it gives you the option when you install it, whereas I don't know how, I think the iPhone asks you after when, when you're trying to access it. I think all, I think now they do, but I do remember this being, a, a when I was playing around with Android, that was actually one of the first kind of things I discovered that um, iOS didn't do was warn you about what things mm. wanted to do and one of them was I think it was literally our work email account so I got an Android device I was in to set up my email put my work email on there and it said that basically you're giving this other party permission to wipe your Android device by agreeing to this and I so I had to kind of ring around and say is this actually true can you do this and it, it is it's part of Outlook um, and the permissions you give if you put your work email on your phone or any phone technically so now all of a sudden you're actually providing your employer the, the ability to remotely break your phone yeah that's pretty hardcore yeah yeah I, I do remember reading about that actually um, on some dodgy LG phones so yeah so anyway that's slightly aside but that's that, I suppose that's another way data can die is that your employer can decide you, you can't have access to it well I mean it was I actually read an Let's email and part phone. of it was that that was part of it was that I'd actually installed this on my own phone my own phone that I used to take photos of my family and my daughter and she's you know growing up and I want to capture this if you brick my phone I lose all that data yeah and I can understand you having access to my emails and closing an email account or... That's fine. ...wanting to have remote wipe of my email, yep. but that's actually not a facility of of what we're doing here. You, it was everything. Yeah. So... That's it's a, pretty outrageous. Well, yeah, and I suppose this is the thing. Like, we, we're not... This is the problem with these kind of settings is that they're often the default is the the worst one for you as a customer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose like, share that's the how most they go amount of data. They have, to, they have to say start with the negative. I suppose. Or they tell you the negative and even, well, even worst sh- case scenario. Share my negative. share your contacts. It doesn't yeah. say oh, and I'm going to align you with someone else. Someone else's contact list patient. and kind of yeah. And it's like oh, you wanted me to find my other friends. That's okay, but it's not. It's really taking a copy of your contacts. Yeah putting it into this other big database and then actually... And then what do they do with those contacts? I'm well, sure they're using algorithms to kind of sort you and group you and 
put you in, like you're in this person they're relating you they're it's all part of their little graph that they're I didn't doing. know that's how they matched people up because I always see people on there that I'm like uh We've got mutual friends, maybe, or mutual friend of. Well, it's it's a way. I mean, it's it's one, one way. Of the se- yeah. probably several several ways. I mean, we give them so much data. God knows how they're actually going to do it. So well, much data. I never thought much of it until I got my Android phone and yeah, I it, I logged into Facebook and the people you may know list. It changed slightly, but there was a lot of old contacts from say my old Hotmail address that started to appear in Facebook, oh. and I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's a bit scary <laughs> things start to get matched up here yeah that's a cool it, it, it's hooked into something isn't it <laughs> no, I don't know it's got a name well Facebook would say that everything's part of the, the graph the social graph that they're building which is this kind of idea of networking every data point I just rolled my eyes <laughs> I don't know you can't roll your eyes. So I, I, the last kind of thing I guess I had on here was, do you have a master password and can your partner access your account? Yes and yes. Okay. <laughs> do you know who can access my account? My son. Okay. <laughs> he's seen me log in. He knows my... Uh, actually, I probably shouldn't say it. He knows all my passwords because he's watched me do it. <laughs> he's got to be pretty smart. <laughs> so, so you don't use a password manager at all? You. <laughs> the only password that's different is my work one because it makes me change it. Uh-huh. Every other password is almost the same, or not almost the same, similar variations with a core name or yeah. a core. And it's not my partner or anything, it was just a name that I had. Yeah. Um, and with numbers and a few other ones, with some with letters, like uh, characters and stuff yeah. mixed in just to make it harder. But yeah, they're pretty much very similar. So if, if something happened to me and I died. She could probably... Oh, nah. She might struggle to access that. My my Facebook one's a bit different. Because, I mean, yeah. even having, like, a master list of actually where you have accounts. Yeah, no, she doesn't have that. I don't have a list anywhere. You know, <laughs> this is a funny story. So I got cranky, right? And I was trying to do my iTunes password. No, my my um, my application... Or it's probably the same password. You know, the one for your iPhone. So mm. for your apps stuff. So I was downloading something, and it's like, oh, you have to change your password. It's time. I was like, oh, all right. So... Changed it and it wouldn't accept it. Changed it, wouldn't accept it. Changed it, wouldn't accept it. And then I just actually put in like FU, not FU, but like you, uh, <laughs> some numbers and stuff just because I was so cranky and just went, mm, submit, and it submitted. And now that's my password. <laughs> 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 it has been for about five years. <laughs> So, you yeah, probably that's... should change it now. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I'll go with it now. No, it should be fine. What about, what about you, Adam? Do you have a master password list? I do. Does your partner know? No, no one knows. Where is it? It's in the cloud. <laughs> it's in the cloud. <laughs> so, all they do is hack one I don't know where it's in the cloud. All. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings one password to rule them all. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see much importance in um, other people accessing my stuff if I'm gone. I'm, yeah, I never really put a value on it. Like, I just... I, I, things with... I don't care if I get viruses. I'm terrible with that sort of stuff. Just like, I'll just wipe the whole computer and start again. <laughs> F- photos and stuff, I'd, you know, Dropbox and... and well, that was the other question USBs that I wanted to talk stuff. about was, um, like, where do we store our digital photos now? Like, you used to have photo albums and your parents and grandparents would have mm. like a, a box in the cupboard or somewhere but now I've got a, a folder on an external drive and what happens to those if the drive goes down it's like the fire there's a fire in the house you yeah. run in and grab your hard external drive external drive the photos. <laughs> well, I, well as someone that just ha- that recently yes, had a fire your experience with this <laughs> yeah. my, I mean my experience was what I was doing was backing up for hard drive failure so I had 
two or three hard external hard drives that I regularly backed up. Were well, they just to. ghosted? So exactly the same. Um, look, yeah, a couple of them were like time machine backups. Yeah. Um, and then one, it was a specific kind of media thing that I backed up to. Um, and what I wanted to do was I actually wanted to move my entire like iPhoto library and store that externally on the cloud. But it was like 50 gigs. <laughs> and my internet connection could not have survived that. Um, I mean, like three months. Uh, that's a topic that, for another show. And it would have been, it literally, yeah, it would have been a, like a, a couple of weeks worth of kind of uploading from from my account. I I'm going to assume. Yeah. To do that, so I never got around to actually upgrade up uploading that to the cloud. But what I did do was every year I'd finish the year and then I'd kind of do like a best of album. And so, they, and I'd put that into Dropbox because there was at least there was something. And so, when we yeah. had the fire, we had a theft first. So they broke in, stole all our stuff, then set fire to the house. So they stole all the hard drives. So they, they st- take your hard drives. Yeah, they took the computer and all the backups I had. So the only thing that I had that saved me was those best of oh. albums in in Dropbox. So uh, yeah, I mean, so Dropbox. I have much more faith in Dropbox. Um, and, and there's two. There's a couple of reasons why I really like Dropbox and why I was a really keen early adopter and someone that's quite willing to part with money in terms of accessing it as a service is that, yes, it's the cloud backup, but the second thing is that there's a local backup as well. So you've got yeah. your Dropbox folder. So it does mean... So I, because I've got Dropbox on a multiple machines, it does actually mean that there's multiple backups. So if the cloud goes down, You're I still, still have this, a local this, copy yeah, like here. Yeah. And then I also can say... And on the external hard drive, back up my whole computer, including yeah. the Dropbox folder. So, you know, the computer has one. Well, this computer has one. The external hard drive has one. There's one in the cloud. There's one on my laptop. If I want to have it anywhere else, I could probably set that up as well. Yeah. And I think that's that's where I put my photos now. And it's it, it, in terms of surviving the fire, that, that's the only thing that saved the photos was, yeah, actually having an external thing and I at the moment what I've got is uh, external hard drive at work and one at home that I'm backing up to yeah and then what I actually want to do is put another one at someone else's house so that like my mum basically and well, I, I do, do the that same too. yeah so I've that, that, actually got an external drive at, yeah. at my parents place yeah well, you people are paranoid yeah <laughs> well I don't know I mean I don't I think people put a lot of faith in external hard drives I've seen so many of them fail that yeah, I, and that's the thing I, that's why that's what I was prepared for external hard, like hard drive failure yeah. not, I wasn't not prepared for someone fire. coming in and stealing all my fucking hard drives so. <laughs> you said a naughty word <laughs> see I always uh, can, feared it could happen but I thought it was my paranoia. But then Tim reinforced that that it, it can happen. <laughs> and, look, and the yeah. thing is, it's like I would definitely have a backup somewhere in the cloud. And I, I've, I had a look. I was really keen if someone had a seeding program. That was what I was really looking for. Where a couple of cloud providers have a thing where they send you a hard drive, like a one terabyte hard drive. You put all the crap that you want on there, send it back to them, and then they upload it into your account, and so that you don't have to sync from scratch. Oh, that's a cool. I didn't know. And so that way, you can then say, "All right, now sync my photos," and any, any it only then has to sync the new ones or whatever yeah, okay. changes that you've done. Um, but I didn't have there wasn't there wasn't anyone in Australia that was doing that at the time. That's a really good idea. But uh, I think Crash Plan might do it now. But Crash Plan? Do you want to go with something called Crash Plan? <laughs> well, I suppose it's planning for a crash. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Master passwords. I, I I do have a master. I've used one password, 
to manage all my passwords. Do we get to guess it? Well, no, that's my. I use the software yeah. called One Password. Oh, okay. It does have One Password. Have you seen the episode of Seinfeld? So that's always scared me, though. But the, the thing for me that I, that that was really good about One Password was when the Heartbleed SSL attack came out. I remember the name, but well, basically it meant that all these sites were technically not secure. Brilliant. Because the SSL wasn't secure. Yeah. That they had on their site, so any transaction, any information you sent, could have been. Traced, tracked, hacked, sold, bought, all that kind of stuff. So one of the things um, One Password did was they actually created a little addition to the app that told you it went because One Password has every site that you do. You save it, and then it saves the password for that that website. Um, So it has a you know it knows what sites you've actually been to and things, and also what the password is for that. So technically, you can have a different password for every thing, but you never actually have to remember them because password One Password has an autofill function yeah but what it did is it scanned through my list and then it actually told me here's all the ones all the sites that had heartbleed um so go and change your password on all of these oh wow and at the, up until that point i actually did have one password for pretty much every account that i had after heartbleed i changed to every site has its own um, really i couldn't remember that well, yeah, I, have, I, I, I started doing i have that, a yeah. formula so yeah. one part of the password is always the same, and then one part of the password is unique. Yeah, and I do that too. For each site. Well, I must just be like the opposite of everybody. So it's two to one. You guys. Do well, that way I could actually. That's what, the the reason why I did that was because I actually wanted to remember them if I got locked out or anything happened to one password or I was away and yeah. So I did. I invented a, my little formula and that works fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably I've told my partner what the oh, formula don't is. Tell her. So if she wants to get in, she wants to get in. And the other thing I've done, which I actually have to do again because I had to replace my phone, is I had. Um, two-factor authentication on any anything that I thought was critical I turned two-factor authentication on so so if I wanted to log in from a computer I log in I put my password in and then I have to verify that with a code oh Ash does that all the time so it'll either send you you can set it up so it's a text message message. or there's like Google have an authenticator app yeah okay which you link the two together and then it basically you open up the Google thing and it gives you a code that you have to type in. It's like rocking up to the nick with and the two and it re- Yeah, yeah and it, well, that's basically what it is. And, and that's what it's designed to do. So that, yes, if your password gets leaked or hacked, then... They still need your phone. They still actually whatever. need my device to yeah. actually get in. And so if they've broken your house, they probably have that anyway. Yeah, so, you know, Dropbox, Evernote, um, my Google account, the things that I kind of really do depend on that I don't want anyone else Stealing. getting in that would be kind of catastrophic if someone did, then... Turn on two-factor authentication for that. Oh, that makes sense. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Wait, you just said you were saying 